You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Kim Grinnells of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Spring ball is officially over, and we're kind of halfway down the tunnel or three-quarters of the way down the tunnel doing a podcast. But, uh, you know, just spring game, 126 more days until uh, kickoff against who did I Kent State. Against Kent State. But, um, you know, I prepared for the worst today. It was supposed to be raining and cold and it's actually a really pleasant day out at Husky Stadium today. Actually, a little too warm. I was overdressed. So not not for me. I I thought it was perfect outside. It was it was great. Um, and it actually, uh, you know, there was roughly. I mean, what did we estimate? Two to three thousand people were in the stands. Probably. I didn't see any. I couldn't tell who was on the on the south side. On the north side, it looked like it kept growing, and it was yeah, you know, five hundred to maybe a little bit more than that on that side. I assumed. Mm-hmm. But there's probably yeah. more on the south side. Not a big crowd, but I think, you know, the proposed weather that we were seeing in the forecast maybe, you know, made some people just kind of opt out of that. But uh, I always say the spring game or whatever you want to call it, it's kind of a dog and sh- pony show where they're not trying to show too much. But, uh, you know, starting with the quarterbacks, I thought we saw some bright spots today. Yeah, well, I, I mean, Chris said this, so I don't want to completely steal it, but um, – you know, I thought Sam Heward had, like you said, Chris, the best game, best day of his entire spring. Kalen DeBoer said that in in the uh, in in his uh, comments today. Um, he was, you know, twelve of nineteen hundred sixty-seven yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, threw a couple nice grabs to his former teammate from high school, Lanyata Alexander. So, uh, yeah, I. I thought the I thought the quarterbacks actually. I mean, it's weird, Chris, because we were talking about this. Just the media in general. We were talking about that Dylan Morris was only three of twelve, fifty three yards, but it seemed like he was better than that. Yeah. So, um, and then um, Penix was thirteen and nineteen for two hundred nine yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Uh, one of those picks was because he threw it late. So, um, you know, I I I thought they opened it up enough, and it was good enough. But uh, you know, they didn't show very much. No, I did. To me, again, you know, we get to see very limited. You know, if people don't know already, you know, we only got to see about a half hour to forty-five minutes per practice. Obviously, until last Saturday, we hadn't even seen a full practice. But this, by far, of even the limited time that we got a chance to see in full team periods, Sam Heward was by far way better than he had shown all spring. So he stepped up. Uh, primetime player, you know, he made some big plays. Lanyata Alexander, now we, we usually called him Junior when he was getting recruited and whatnot. He said but, call him Junior, yeah, by the way. Well, he told us to call him Lanyata today. 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 Yep. So, uh, you know, so there's that. But he stepped up. You could tell the connection between those two guys. It was almost like they had never stopped playing with each other uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the chemistry and just finding each other, you know, finding Alexander down the field, some crossing routes, some stuff on the sidelines. He had the corner touchdown. Um, I thought it was a big day for him. So, But, yeah, overall the quarterbacks, 
it, it was an odd day, Kim. It was just an odd day because there were some things that really, really went well. You know, Penix, I think, had some opportunities to really make some big plays, but he seemed a little slow on his reads, especially the one that Alex Cook picked off. Um, had a chance to make some plays down the field and get past the red zone, but they, you know, the defense, give them credit. They, they, they uh, kind of manned up and, and really did some nice things in the red zone. You know, throwing the ball is one thing, but, you know, we, each one of you, taking a look at what we've seen so far and especially today, who seems to have the most command of the offense? I don't know. I mean, command. It's between I mean, Penix and Morris. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, again, I mean, yeah. Sam Heward had the best day, I think, of the three today and had the best spring, the best game that he, he's had this spring. That doesn't take away the overall kind of idea that Penix and Morris are kind of ahead of the, uh, of the curve at this point. Yeah. And I didn't see anything, even though, like I said, Dylan's numbers just look god-awful compared to the other two, but I think there were some drops there. Yeah. He had definitely had some bad passes. He had a couple passes to JV on Sunday that just should have connected and yeah. weren't even close, and um, and some drops. He also had some drops as well. So, um, you know, at this point, it's just so hard to say, but I think, to be honest with you, we were talking, I was talking to Sam a little bit off the off to the side when you guys were done with him, and he just really felt like it was such a big a big game for them because he felt like they really took advantage of some opportunities that the defense gave them. But then the defense obviously, you know, stepped up and, and made some big plays and, and got off to a great start. And it wasn't until that final pass from Penix to um, to Roma Dunzi to score the final touchdown to actually get the offense to the win because they had a weird kind of Mickey Mouse scoring system, and the defense was ahead until the final. Uh, 29-28. Yeah, so it was like yeah. a, you know, it was like a, it was a real, uh, a real nail biter there apparently until the very, very end, but uh, the offense did pull it out at the end. Yeah, nice things from some of the wide receivers. Romu Dunsey had a couple of nice plays. I thought mm-hmm. Jalen McMillan had a couple of nice catches, and uh, of course, uh, I'm going to keep calling him Junior Alexander. Yeah. Of course, had a nice catch. Yeah, he had that one-handed grab. He also had the nice grab in the back of the end zone for a touchdown in the corner. Um, Jalen Polk. Jalen Polk had a couple nice grabs. He did have the drop on the first one. You know, um, just what what you see with this with this team is they're going to be able to stretch the field a little bit. Um, you know, honestly, they were trying different ways to get uh, Giles Jackson the ball, four for 39. Yeah. Um, then you had uh, Romo Dunsey, four for 63 for a touchdown, that, which was the 38-yarder. Um, Polk, three, for 50, three catches for 51. Um, uh, Alexander, five for 90. He had the most yards and most receptions. Um, uh, Jalen McMillan actually had, I thought he had more big plays than that, but he was three of fi- three catches for 57 yards. And um, the thing that was really weird was Nick Duran, who had a great spring. He was one for, he had one catch for 15 yards, but he should have had that one in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. Was that, that was from Sam also, right? That would have been from Sam too. So Sam put it right on the money. I mean, he, the, the quarterbacks I thought were for the most part, putting it where they needed to put it. I, I made the comment, I don't know if you heard me a couple times, but I was like, he put it right where only their, they put it right where only their receivers could catch it. Right. Devin Culp, did he have a drop today? He may have had a drop. He had um, one catch for 20 yards. Yeah. I mean, I thought the tight ends had some moments. Um, you know, Quentin Moore had a couple nice catches, but then he had a false start yeah. on a third down. Which well, the which, false start was before anything, so he made up for it with the catches. Right, but he had it. You know, Hewitt I think had a chance to move the chains, and it was like a third and short. 
And it was like one of those yeah. miscommunications, and, and he false started, but came up with a couple catches. Jack Westover had a couple catches. So there was a few things going on in terms of the tight ends adding a little something to what um, the receivers were doing as well. I just think the one kind of glaring thing in the, in the receiving game was that the running backs really didn't do anything. Well, I was going to say, you know, Coach um, DeBoer talked about the lack of depth at running back, and we really haven't seen the running backs really do much. And this running game, to me, all spring long has seemed to struggle. Is that a function of depth, or what are we dealing with there? I think it's a little bit of everything. I think it's, some of it's depth. Some of it was is probably the offensive line is just not blocking the the – thing very well the one thing about this defense and we've said it all spring long is they are super aggressive they are bringing guys from different places all the time and that makes it really hard to block they don't know who they're supposed to block and there was a couple i remember the first um series of the game and ale uh you know ulumu ale tanufi and uh letula gasanoa those guys are all plugging up the middle there's nowhere to run and that's a good thing, but then the offensive line needs to be able to move that. Have you seen anything from the running backs that have impressed you? Or do you, no, you have a reason for concern there? Um, well, I think if you're a fan, there's certainly a lot of reason for concern. You go from one of the deepest, most talented rooms in your on your team, supposedly, to a situation where you literally only had two scholarship running backs get carries in your spring preview. And on top of that, so I think a lot of it was by function. You didn't have enough guys. I don't think they want to show anything. I think they want to keep them healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also a function of a little bit of what Scott said, but not just not just the defensive line, but the edge guys yeah. have been guys that Kalen DeBoer has singled out all spring long as guys that have really done a great job. And I think he's talking a lot about the, the, the game in terms of blitzing and, and getting after the quarterback and what have you, but I think they've done a great job of setting the edge and not allowing those guys to spill things outside. But when you only have Aaron Dumas, who's a brand-new running back to Washington, JB on Sunday, who is really the only scholarship guys that had anything going on last year, that's back. You know, you have no no Cam Davis. You have no Richard Newton. Caleb Berry didn't uh, suit up today. Emeka Megwa has been nowhere to be seen because he's hurt. I mean, it just it just goes on and on. So if you're, if you're looking for something out of the run game right now and you're a Washington fan, you're like, where are we? Because we're right now you're nowhere. We, we were talking about it up, up in the booth when we were watching the practice. There are a couple holes for JV on Sunday, yeah. and he didn't hit them hard. No. He could have got three or four extra yards out of it, but he decided to dance or maybe look for a different hole, and he got tackled for either a loss or no gain. And that's something where Lee March, you know, is going to say, hey, you got to – you got to hit that up in there. Yeah. We need you. That's his running style. He's a he's a physical running back. Why aren't you running full speed into that and and breaking a couple tackles? Jackson Kirkland there today wasn't wearing a boot, but he was definitely there. We asked Kalen DeBoer, and he's heard nothing on Jackson Kirkland. But you know, it's been really difficult for us to you know gauge anything with the offensive line because today's really the first yeah. day we've seen anything that's remotely been well, close to physical. One thing that kind of stuck out to me, Chris, and I don't know if it stuck out to you, although you mentioned it several times. Garen Hatchett was bouncing all over the place. He was playing center with the twos. And then he was playing left and right guard with the ones at different times. And Julius twos. and twos. And Julius Bulo came up and played some right right tackle a couple times. So um, really strange to see them kind of alternate that. I think they probably just want to get some film on some guys and how they're looking against the first team defense. Um, yeah, Hatchet was the only interior guy that I saw play all three positions. Yeah. 
and they he literally got yeah. a lot of reps at like all three positions, yeah. which was kind of nuts. It was good to see Owen Prentice in there getting some reps. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought he looked actually pretty good, especially in pass pro, not something that he's was doing very much when he was playing at O'Day. So uh, got to see him a little bit. Guard Memelar, I thought, looked pretty good. Um, Nate Kaleppo, I thought, had a pretty good practice. We didn't hear anything from the guys that Troy Fautano was blocking. Right. So, um, you know, they did get in for a couple sacks, quote-unquote sacks, but those were because it seemed like the quarterback held it too long yes. rather than being a speed rush, and they got in just so quickly the guy couldn't even get set up. Yeah, and there were a couple interior rushes, like uh, to new feet <laughs> and a couple of other guys that were getting up in there yeah. and kind of forced – uh, yeah. Out of bounds throws and things like that. So there were some some guys at times from different places coming through, and I think kind of the mo of the defense coming in that we knew that they were going to try to attack from some different angles, try to approach things, maybe overload some things at times, and and kind of keep the offensive line guessing. But yeah, overall, to be honest with you, I, I think it was a good day for the offense in general. But I didn't see anything from the offensive line that made me go, yeah, these guys have taken big strides from last year. I didn't see it. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. On the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned the defensive line clogging it up a little bit, but I know that that's one of the positions that they really are a little bit concerned about that they need to get bigger. Yeah, well, I think more longer than bigger. I think they're plenty big enough. I I just don't know if they're long enough. And and the guys with the longer arms, you know, that's one of the reasons they went out and got Armand and Javon Parker because they have their plus, I think, plus five athletes, which is their, five, they, their wingspan is five inches longer than they are as a, in height. And that's one thing that, that's one reason that they were really attracted to them. Um, that's, and that's what they're going after in the 2023 class is a lot of longer guys. So keep an eye out for that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought the, the defense was okay. I thought MJ Ale, or I'm sorry, uh, Ulumu Ale, uh, had a good, good game, good, uh, practice, um, Thought Tanufi was very active. Pehapa too. Jacob Bandis maybe not as much. Um, he was just kind of a guy in there, and so was Thule. I didn't see Thule do very much, but those guys definitely had had some solid after some solid reps. Yeah, I was going to say just you know we saw more of Ale um, generally speaking than maybe we had seen at times before. So that was interesting, and I think that's what Washington fans wanted to see. They wanted to see if he had kind of made some strides from the beginning of April until now. And then also just the idea that they were mixing and matching their base 4-2-5 defense with their jumbo packages. So we got a chance to see some of those three D-line sets on top of the normal set Mm -hmm. where you'd see the two defensive linemen and the two edge rushers. And then the five DBs. And then the five DBs with the two inside linebackers. So I thought that was good to see. Um, as far as the edge guys, if we're talking about the front, um, with no Savelle Smalls in there today, you got to see a lot more of Zion with the ones. Zion and, and Jeremiah Martin were the ones, and Braylon Trice was working with the twos. And Maurice Himes is a guy that yeah. I'd say the last few practices, and some of it could be because Savelle has not been there, and, and Jordan Lolohea has not really factored in as much as I would have expected 
But Maurice Himes, they must love his range and his size because he really has kind of those Kai Ellis measurables mm-hmm. that, you know, you mentioned the measurables of the, of the Parker twins. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a guy like uh, Maurice Himes, you, you start to see 6'5", 250, really super rangy, a guy with a big motor. Now it's just a matter of getting him reps and getting him some experience. So, but at this point, the, the two deeps out there are pretty set um, depending on what's going on with Savelle. I mean, you've got, um, you know, you've got a situation where you've got uh, Jeremiah Martin and you've got um, Zion in there. And then at the twos, you've got uh, Braylon Trice and then also um, who would be the other guy? Um, Braylon Trice, uh, Jordan Lohea, uh, Hopkins, Milton Hopkins. Well, yeah, but I mean, bottom line is they've got a few guys in there that they're rotating in um, at this point. But you know, that said, I think I think the front did a well, nice job today at times. And Lance Holdsclaw will figure into that. that and he was here today. He yeah, he was here this weekend. Zion do much today? He was there. He had a he had a quote unquote sack on the very first yeah. uh, very first series, but. Um, no, he wasn't as much of a factor as you would hope, but um, you know, if he if he's playing the run well and getting after the quarterback on a handful of plays, I think that's about as much as you're going to get from him right now. Cam Bright, the best linebacker they have. Oh, I think so. Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of overall, you would expect him to be given his, his experience and everything else. Um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but to me, Tupatala might be the entire surprise of the spring. I mean, top to top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Either side of the ball. Yeah. He has gotten so many reps. He has been the ever-present guy in the middle there because Carson Bruner's been hit and miss because he's, he hasn't been 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Bright has obviously been there, but he came in late. So he literally tried to have – he had to hit the ground running. Um, Daniel Haymuli has been in there quite a bit, but he has not mm-hmm. really elevated to the point where we always see him with the ones. And really, Tupatala is the guy that's been that's been the the one with the ones. And Demario King, I think, has had um, a solid a solid spring. He's he's elevated himself from third team yeah. all the way up to set. He's regularly playing with the second team. So it was it was either uh, it was either Bruner and Demario King or Hamulian and Demario King. Right. That, I mean, but it was always Demario King with the twos, and we saw him kind of excel and start to do some things. Um, you know, toward the end of uh, toward the end of spring, the last couple of weeks, he's been the the mainstay at that in that twos in the twos. Right, but as of right now, you know, starting off, it, it would be Cam Brighton and Alfonso Tupatala would be the guys, it, at it, least from what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. And, and assuming that Ulafosio, we don't know what his future is yeah. going to be. I mean, he's here, he's working out, he's with the team, but who he's knows? What, to, he's supposed to go into this the the fall, right? He's not going to be ready for the start Good of the game, question. Right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't really know. If, I, if I remember correctly, he's he's not going to be available for the first little bit of spring. Carson, Carson Bruner, I mean, like I said, you know, sometimes we don't get to see much, and I haven't really seen a lot of Carson Bruner yet. Well, that's because he's been hurt. I mean, he was hurt for, he was out for about two or three practices. I remember that. And then I think he's just been working in with the twos a lot. He was out there with Daniel Haymuli a few times. He was out there with Demario King yeah. a few and times. And Fowler is Drew Fowler so, is another yeah. guy that's been working in yeah. quite a bit with the twos. Yeah, Cam Bright uh, post practice. I thought, that, yeah, I mean, he cracked us up. I asked him if he could describe the defense for us, and he just looked at me like I was stupid and said, "BIA, best in America." <laughs> so it was kind all right, of, kind of funny. Cam Bright, uh, perfect, bright guy. But uh, when you start getting into the secondary. Alex Cook, uh, it just sure looks like an experienced guy back there. He, him, and, and and Asa Turner, I think have have really solidified themselves as the ones. 
they showed it today. Um, Asa Turner had a really great game when he came and filled on a uh, fourth down play with Aaron Dumas trying to get the first down. And it, I think it was him and either him and Fabi Kalanen or him and someone else that came up and made the play, and it was Fabi really Kalanen. nice. And, um, you know, so I think those guys, Cook with the pick, perfect anticipation on a late throw. Uh, that's what you want to see. That's, yeah, a, that's a senior play. Yeah, that's what you, but that's what you want out of your vets. Um, no Jacoby Covington today, which I thought was weird because we have, we've seen him most of spring. Hasn't really been an issue. Jordan Perryman, I think it was good to, to at least see him out there a little bit. Him and Mish Powell, you know, pretty much I think have figured out it. They're the ones. No Elijah Jackson today. He was banged up, I think. I saw him on the sideline. He was on the, was on the sideline, yeah. but he didn't play. So Jacoby was the one who wasn't there. Right. So the, so the twos at this point right now, honestly, are, are Devon Banks and Dyson McCutcheon. That, those are your twos. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen a lot of Dom Hampton. He had a pick today, didn't he? No, no. no. So it was, it was Cook, Cook, and, was Cook Powell. and Powell. They were the two. Dom Hampton and Cam. And Hampton was in there quite a bit and, with the ones. And Cam Williams. Yeah. And Cam Williams had a good good practice today. I thought he did he did pretty well. Yeah, Cam Williams and, and um and Julius Irvin have been pretty much the ever present guys at, at the twos yeah. at safety. How much do you think we're gonna see those guys just all rotating a lot of guys getting playing time? I think you'll see a lot like what Pete did and Lake did with their defense. You're gonna see like shifts. Remember what what uh, was it hockey Jeff, hockey style yeah, shifts? Like Jeff Choate Jeff was Choate. the one who yeah. said that. And he called it hockey style shifts where you're going to see, hey, we want to go big with this group because we think they're going to try and run it on us a little bit. And then maybe they slide in a guy here and there, and that's your shift for that one. But then the next one, you have a different set. But he was talking about defensive linemen, yeah, not, not safeties, but, but, not corners. Yeah. But, but so. I mean, Jimmy Lake rotated his safeties in, too. They took, they took series off. You know, and gave guys rest because he wanted they wanted guys fresh in the fourth quarter rather than fresh in the first, second, third quarter. Yeah, it's going to be interesting with this defense because you know some of the people I've talked to said expect them to get a lot of sacks and fumbles, but also they're going to give up some big plays, yeah. which is going to frustrate people some people. To, people need to understand it's there's going to be more big plays against this defense than they're used to. But this isn't Jimmy Lake yeah. putting the safeties forty yards off yeah. the line of scrimmage. But it's also going to be a, a defense that's going to get after people. But to be fair, did they really get beat over the top today? Not today, no. The only play that they really gave up that, that ended up being a big gainer was the very final play of the day. And that, that was a run. catch and run. And that was a catch and run where he just he was able to elude some guys on the sideline and maintain his balance yeah. and, and stay in bounds. A lot of times you see those guys that get off balance a little bit and then they either fall down or they go out of bounds. You know, good play, by, huge play by Rome for him to be able to kind of sidestep guys and make it to the end zone. But I thought, generally speaking, that defense did not look wholly unfamiliar to what we've seen in the past. Didn't, didn't get burned over the top. Solid, uh, you know, actually even maybe even more solid in the run game than we've seen uh, in the recent past. And um, I thought overall pretty, pretty solid. Now, you know, you maybe expect a few more turnovers, but uh, the fact that there was no fumble island I thought was good. Yeah. Any surprises with the special teams? Anything yeah, he, out at you? huge surprises. We actually got to see guys kick. Yeah, and Addison Schrock hits a forty-three. Was that a 43? I thought a forty-six? Okay, I thought, but whatever it was. But just see Schrock hit, and, and I forgot that he's lefty as well. Yeah. Both of their kickers are lefties. They did they're, that on purpose. And their punter is a lefty, or their Kevin Ryan. Lefty, but yeah, but um, well, they use him lefty, and then they use Jack McAllister as the right-footed kicker mm-hmm. and punter. Um, I thought, you know, there wasn't really any heads or tails to make out of the return or cover game because they didn't do it. 
But the, I thought the kicking, generally speaking, was phenomenal. I don't know how they made – they literally made all of their field goals yet missed an extra point. I know. So <laughs> I who, And who was it that missed it? Was it Schrock that I missed it? I can't remember. I thought it was Henry, but it could have been Schrock. Yeah, because they're both left-footed. So yeah, I, I wasn't – honestly, I was writing something down when I saw it. Because, you know, PATs, when are you really paying attention? You're trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. And, all of a sudden, and all of a sudden you hear this, oh. <laughs> like, oh, what happened? What did I miss? That's not, did it get blocked? Because yeah. even if it gets blocked, you get some guys going, wow, that's so cool. And, and for those who didn't get a chance to watch it, basically when they kicked off and they punted, they just worked on their formation. They didn't work on an actual return. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't like a full 11 on 11. They didn't have any of the real return. It was basically 11 return. on 1. Yeah, they didn't, have, they didn't have any of the return guys in there in terms of the up men. They just had literally Giles Jackson or whoever in front of him, and that was it. Sideline spotting saw Kaysen Williams, which is good. I hadn't seen Kaysen in a long time. Micah Hatchie, uh, Deontay Cooper, Aaron Fuller were all there. You Uh, mentioned the mayor. Oh, uh, Keith Arrow was there, the mayor. Excuse me. Bruce Keith was his, Keith was uh, the basketball player at Seattle. I saw Don, I saw Donnie Mariaki. Yeah. He was here. Yeah, uh, Reggie Ford was here too. Um, you know, and then uh, several recruits. Scott. Yeah. Well, first of all, didn't he? Uh, didn't Kalen DeBoer take some time out in the middle of the game yeah. and tell what 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 he team? was talking about the alumni? Yeah, because they had a big alumni event last night yeah. with all the players, and and uh, I know Coach Juice is posted a picture of it on twitter right there was some other ones but i'm yeah. assuming more are coming yeah. of that kind of stuff because that's big they definitely had but, a big gathering but the cool thing was that DeBoer said hey you guys laid the groundwork for what we're doing now and we you guys are welcome here whenever you want to come yeah. and i don't think as welcoming as sark sounded like he was when he was here and i think pete was too and i, I don't know about jimmy but because he wasn't here long enough but I always thought that the coaches were pretty welcoming to those guys, but they didn't do it in front of everybody. Yeah. This was out in front of everybody. Yeah. And so I thought that was pretty cool that he did that. As far as recruits, Lance Holdsclaw, we already mentioned him, JV on Green. I, have, I had a list that I put up on Friday. I did not see the two tackles, the 2024 guys from modern day that I thought were going to be here. We had heard they were coming, but I didn't see them. That doesn't mean they weren't here. I just didn't see there them. There still were a number there of were a lot. But there was Micah Banuelos, um, uh, Landon Hatchett. Um, there was uh, the kid from Texas, the five-star that's committed to Texas. Big, um, yeah, big Anthony James. Dude. Yeah, big yeah, dude. Anthony James. Um, and then... Uh, we think it, the offensive lineman from uh, Mount Si was Mount Si was there. Oziata, Heath Oziata, I think is how you say it. I don't know if that's how you say his last name, but he was definitely there. He's hard to miss in a crowd. He's really hard to miss. He's tall, and he's got a flaming red hair. Flaming red <laughs> so hair. It was so, Not a little bit red. Yeah, yeah. Flaming so, red. So um, there, there were some other guys. I'm wondering if uh, Ryan Otten made it since his brother got picked at 9 o'clock this morning. Right. I'm wondering if he got to make it uh, to, the, to the thing. I never saw him, but that doesn't mean he wasn't there. Yeah, lots of guys there. Lots the of guys. I would say there was probably somewhere around 40 to 50 like we had thought. Some of them weren't guys necessarily. Oh, Jason Brown was another one. Kim thought it was a dad. Um, and- <laughs> he does not look like a kid. He's an old-looking kid. <laughs> I was like, he goes, is that a recruiter or a dad? And I was like, that's Jason Brown. How old would he be, 16? Yeah. He, no, he doesn't look no, like a 16-year-old. he's not even 16. I don't think he, he, he's he, a, he, he no, looks. He's a, he's a 2024. Who's the kid from Lincoln? Um, Jim, you're getting old. Oh, oh, the, the, the linebacker line. that had a beard when he was like 12. Right? Yeah. yeah. Jason Brown looks so a little he, bit like he, Oh, the he, linebacker at USC now? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm drawing yeah. a blank. But anyway... Uh, saw Jason Brown too, but anyway, Simon. Julian Simon. Yeah, Julian Simon. So, but 
you know, just a good day. I mean, it was nice to have a nicer weather um, out and, um, you know, for the out-of-state recruits to see and everything like that. And I think the Huskies showed a, a pretty good hand of what, they, what they're going to be doing. All right. Anything to wrap up, Scott? Um, I, I just I, – I thought this was one of the better spring practices. The weather was nice. I thought the turnout wasn't too bad considering. Um, and, um, you know, and we – a, a player was drafted in the as we're trying to wrap things up. Uh, Luke Wattenberg gets drafted by the by the uh, Denver Broncos. So no, was, I thought it was a it was a good time, um, a good good way to end things. And now we're into the off season and we get to camps and and the May evaluation period starts tomorrow. Yeah. All right, yes. Chris Satter's final thoughts. Wrap it up. Yeah. First of all, I would say kudos to Kalen DeBoer. Um, first of all, and the coaches. Uh, he really kind of told us that he didn't think it was going to be much of a scrimmage today. He thought it was going to be more of a regular practice. practice yeah. I'll tell you what, this was as good in terms of what the what the Washington fans could have hoped for in terms of seeing guys play, make plays on offense and defense. I think it was probably between 70 and 80 plays. Um, weather held out. I, I think they showed a lot. Um, to be honest with you, I think this is exactly what the Washington fans would have wanted to see. So even though I guess technically it wasn't a scrimmage because they really didn't do it in a game format and what have you, and they had to do kind of those weird rules for points, I thought it was phenomenal. And, and phenomenal only in the sense that they were able to get a ton of plays in. They showed the fans the basic stuff of what's going on. I mean, talking to some of the players after, afterwards, they talked about, you know, hey, we still got a lot in the tank. We got a lot of plays that we're working on. You know, very, very vanilla for sure, especially in the run game. I've got to be 100% sure of that. But overall, with the weather holding the way it is, with the way the recruiting uh, was taking place and the guys on the sideline checking it out, I think overall, if you're Kalen DeBoer, if you're part of that Washington staff right now, you have to be very, very pleased with the product that you put on the field and what you showed because I think both the offense and defense showed glimpses that they could be very, very good this fall. Lots of uh, post-spring ball content coming up, so we'll wrap it all up, you know, over the next week or so. Uh, like you said, you know, the uh, evaluation period for recruiting starts tomorrow, May 1st, so um, expect it to be a busy recruiting month. Uh, basketball, there's still some stuff going on there with uh, two spots open uh, on the basketball team, and we're also going to – I expect the next 24 to 48 hours to be really busy with announcements coming out with yeah. – with people in the portal, you know, so you sound thrilled. Well, it's just the, the problem is there's no set time when it's going to happen. Right. So it's going to be when I'm in the shower and you're doing something and Kim's golfing, you know, it's going to be, it's just going to, yeah. I mean, the deadlines, you know, if you want to play football, I think, is I think it the first nine, of the, I think it's by 9 p.m. Pacific time. You have to tomorrow have night. Yeah. So that's midnight Eastern. So basically, yeah. once it turns, Technically yeah, you have to be in the portal, and if you're not, if you enter the portal or transfer after that, you're going to have to sit out here or so. apply for a waiver. So yeah, and so. and they're they're not inclined to give a lot of waivers considering how easy they've made it for these guys to transfer nowadays. Yeah, yeah. so just keep it all, keep it right here at dogman.com. We'll keep we know it. of at least one that. That is definitely in. Probably it just couple. hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, probably so. a couple more. So just keep it tuned in at dogman.com. Mm -hmm. And if you want those breaking news alerts as well as uh, regular updates, just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com. Subject line newsletter will get you hooked up. So for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs.